Hey there, it's Fernando Mastrangelo here. I am, this is my second episode of The Riff. Uh, So The Riff is going to be just a freestyle, totally. I'm going to just, ideas that I'm having during the week or things that come up at work, I just want to kind of put them out there. And um, so for this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about knowing your market. This is a really interesting thing that I've been noticing that with a lot of young designers, is that they don't quite understand what market they want to be in. So when you, when you start, when you leave school, uh, let's say that that's your path. You went to RISD or you went to, um, uh, Chicago, wherever, wherever you've studied, uh, furniture, when you leave, you get to New York or wherever, wherever you're going to be working out of, you have to consider what market you want to be in. So, and in each market, there's a different, there's different parameters, different things that you need to sort of address things, the way you need, the way you need to think about things. So for example, the studio, my studio is about collectible design. So we are firmly planted in this idea that we do collectible and it's, and, and there's, it's nothing more than you, you, the designer, the artist deciding that. Because if you feel like you lean more towards collectible stuff where you're not interested in doing mass production um, and you know that you're going to want to lean more towards the artistic side of things where things are in limited edition, they come in smaller collections, um, it's that type of thing. And it's closer to sculpture than it is to what you would find at, um, let's say, like BDDW. Uh, although BDDW is incredible, their work is absolutely incredible, it's different than collectible, okay, because they're doing beautiful high-end furniture pieces, but that are in unlimited editions, uh, they come in all sorts of variations, and oftentimes in collectible, those are not really the options. I mean, there's still options, obviously, there's still ways to have custom work in there, but it's definitely more leaning towards art than it is um, you know, manufactured high end. So, so that's what, so that's, that's sort of the basis of this, knowing your market. So when we launched, um, well, when I launched furniture in general, I had been making sculpture for 10 years. Um, and so I had already established somewhat of a market in, in the sculpture in art. And I had been selling pieces. I have pieces in museums. And so I came to the furniture world and said, well, I'm not really going to lower my prices because it's furniture. And especially in the way that I was approaching furniture, it it was exactly the same as I had done with sculpture. So I was able to sort of inject my sculpture pricing right right into the work right away. And then spending these last five years in the design world, I realized that that's uncommon and that, you know, it was, that's not the, not the path that everyone, that everyone takes. And the, and you can't just sort of decide those things and say, well, I'm going to price my stuff at, uh, you know, $5,000 entry because you just want to, I, you know, I had come to it from having a basis already of, of a record of sales. Um, and so I was able to sort of inject the studio right into the collectible market. Um, so, 
But I have noticed with a lot of young designers that you ask them, well, what market do you want to be in? And, and they're like, well, I don't know. And then you say, well, where are you pricing your stuff? And they'll say, well, you know, two, three thousand dollars. And, uh, you know, they feel like maybe is that too much? Is that, you know, and and I'm kind of the mentality of like that if you have an object that's somewhere between two thousand and five thousand, you're you're competing for a lot more territory uh, than if you're if you price it if if it's worth it, if the object can merit a price between ten thousand and twenty thousand. Okay, that's a whole different market. The people that can buy work at ten to twenty are a lot different than one to five. And so you'll be competing in either one. You'll be competing, but as as it goes up towards collectible, the it gets thinned out more and more. Okay, in other words, people people who are making furniture for one thousand to five thousand, there are a lot of those people. People making pieces between ten to a hundred thousand dollars—that's less. Now, of course. It's a very difficult market to get in, the collectible to get your work up into those kinds of numbers. But if you know from the get-go where you want to be in the market, you can say, okay, well, I'm an artist, so I'm going to create furniture pieces that are one of a kind. You know, a collection is going to be uh, five pieces that are, that are unique and that I, we don't do additions. Uh, could be something like that. And... Now, I've also noticed that there's some people doing both. There's this um, European designer that um, can't quite can't quite pronounce his name properly. I'll find him on Instagram before the end of the evening. But uh, uh, and so he's a high end. He's making these limited edition pieces that are very beautiful, very sculptural, and he has started a line that is a lot more pared down uh, that he's able to do both where he has accessible work in one price range and then these sort of uh, star pieces that uh, start to escalate into the uh, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollar range. So and that's somewhat the model that we've done at the studio as well where um, we have our drum, which is our entry piece. It's our entry price point piece. And that's about that's forty five hundred dollars. So it's it's all it's already on the high end of the market, but and that's our entry. Um, but it's still accessible to a pretty large group of people, so that we don't limit our collectors, you know, um, by going so high in pricing that they can't afford it. But uh, so we're able to get that those 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 type of collectors with with those entry pieces like the drum and then um, the next one would be the console and the mirrors. So they they go up in price from there. But um, we're trying to play in a way where uh, we don't eliminate. We we try to get you know there's also a lot of costs that go into making those things. So you have to also factor that right. Um, if you're trying to sell something at $4,500, but it's costing you $3,000 to make. You need to sort of, you know, figure, figure that part out as well. But the ultimate point is that if you get your market, you can tailor your brand, the fairs that you decide to do, 
Because if you're going into the collectible market, um, you're not going to want to show at ICFF. It just doesn't make sense. And everyone will tell you that. And then you have to wonder, well, if, uh, if you're going into the high-end but manufactured side of things, you should probably show it like AD, AD Home Show, probably ICFF as well. But you're not going to be applying or trying to get into uh, Salon and why or collective um well collective is no longer um around anymore or temporarily and so but you wouldn't show there because this is for that collectible market so then you can start to understand where you where what type of fares you need to be applying for uh understanding if you're gonna be able to do deals with hotels if you can get your margins and price points to the right place so that you can hit the hotel market or the commercial market um, we often run into problems with that because it costs a lot to make the work and i can't get the margins down to the right place to be able to work that much with uh, commercial projects but it, it was something that we have sacrificed in terms of business uh, so that we can remain in that collectible market, which is the market. I mean, ultimately, that's the one that excites, excites me the most. Uh, I don't love the idea of making hundreds of things. Uh, that Scaling those things, uh, that's not really where my focus is and my interest. My interest is in really reinventing things all the time and, and, and taking the language of the work and carrying it further and further and further. Uh, and you know, expanding on that, being able to do larger scale projects in that regard, but um, but we're definitely not going to sacrifice um, the brand to get certain markets. That, those are these are like complicated things that as you start to build your business or your studio, you'll have to start to consider and wonder how you can balance that for yourself and for the perception of your brand. So. Know your market. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting part of developing your studio from the beginning. And if you if you know where what stu- you know if there's a studio that you're looking at uh, as a model, you know understand where you know how they operate, how they're making their their um, where, where they're what trade shows they're going to, how they're approaching those. So I hope this was useful. Um, this one kind of came up this week at the studio, and I thought it'd be a good one to, uh, to discuss on here on the Riff episode two. Um, listen, leave me comments, send me, uh, DM me on Instagram if you have questions or if you uh, want to comment. You can go to the iTunes or Anchor, leave us comments. And um, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, see you next time.